welcome to the ministry of Reverend Jerry Payne, founder and head pastor of Disciple Nations Church, The Word Place, a 21st century charismatic, apostolic, and an evangelical ministry. Reverend Jerry Payne is passionate about soul winning, working of miracles, and empowering believers to take their rightful place in the world. He believes that Africa must send the gospel of Jesus to every city, town, or village of the world, and thus, he is committed in doing by establishing 50,000 churches across the world in his lifetime. He is a gifted teacher of the gospel, a prophet and an entrepreneur. He is a marketer and an investment banker by profession. He holds an MBA in marketing from the University of Cape Coast, Ghana. Now hear today's word. Hallelujah. We thank God for this morning. Amen. Amen. Are you happy to be in church? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 to 21. NRSV. For we know that if the early tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in those tents we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, when we have taken it off, we will not be found naked. Verse 4. For while we are still in this tent, we groan under our burden because we wish not to be unclothed, but to be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. So the home now, he's talking about death. Though. Death. Go back to verse 8. Say, yes, we do have confidence and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So, whether we are at home, please check the sound. So, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God. And I hope that we are also well known to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast 
in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ edges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. We are what? Ask your neighbor, are you an ambassador? Say, let me check you out very well to be sure. Some people don't look like ambassadors. So check them out very well. Check them out. Check them out. Ask the person, do you think you are an ambassador? Okay, ask. Do you look like, you yourself, do you think you look like one? <laughs> so we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin. Who knew no sin, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Read yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Or see, read yourself, take it off. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. Amen? Like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. So, it means that there are spiritual sacrifices that are unacceptable to God. And you may even make them through Jesus Christ. Amen. Is that to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture. See, 
I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner. And a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall, they stumble because they disobey the word, and as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Behold, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves what? Honorably. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles. So that though they may malign you as evildoers, they may still see your honorable deeds and glorify God when he comes to judge. Amen. Alright, so we will continue with our series on guidelines for Christian living. Guidelines for Christian living. Last week, we started this subject and um, we said a number of things and I remember saying that when you become born again you have been enlisted into the family of God and just like any family at all every family and the way things are done is that okay? Uh, if you come to my family there is a way we do things, and uh, when I come to maybe uh, the Dorcas's family, there is a way they do things, and that is because we all come from different backgrounds. You cannot belong to a family and try to do things your own way. Uh, when you do that, they will say you 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 are either stubborn, you are indisciplined, uh, or you are disobedient, or they will, they will give you all manner of names. The same applies to the kingdom of God. When you become born again, you become part of the family of God. And it is important that as a member of the family of God, you know the lifestyle of that family. So that you don't bring your alien lifestyle into the family of God. Amen. You cannot become born again and continue to live your life the same old way you used to live when you were not born again. So, after you become born again, you must be taught how to conduct yourself. You remember that in one of the things the Apostle Paul said, I think in the first Peter chapter 2, getting to the last verse, maybe verse 10, he was telling them to conduct themselves honorably. Maybe verse 11. Conduct themselves honorably. Why? Because the Apostle Paul recognized the fact that when you become born again and you join the family of God, there is a way you must conduct yourself. You cannot live your life anyhow and say, it is my life. 
when you become born again, it is no longer your life. Amen. Everything about your life matters. So he says that conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that though they malign you as evildoers, because they are evildoers, whether you like it or not, they will malign you. But what he's saying is that their behavior and attitude must not influence your own behavior and attitude. In other words, what should influence your behavior is not the attitude of the world towards you, but the word of God. Amen. The word of God is what must influence your way of life. So when you become born again, you must adopt a new style of living. You must adopt a new culture. Amen. That is, do you know why pastors dress in a particular way? Like, what I'm worried this morning. When, when, when you see me, what do you think? What comes to your mind? He's a pastor. Why? Because of the character. When, when you see a Muslim, most of it are not. You can easily identify them. But you know that in our days today, you can see a Christian and you'll be wondering whether this person is a Christian or not. There is nothing, there is no difference between us and the world. And when we talk about this thing, they say the pastor is being too hard. A pastor that is too soft will take you to hell. Amen. The pastor is not being too hard. The pastor is only preaching the word. The pastor is preaching something that is in your Bible, yet you have refused to read. That's all. So when the pastor now comes and he's reading and preaching from your, the same Bible you have in your hands that you have refused to study, you say the pastor is being too hard. How will you feel if you read the Bible? The Bible is saying that you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? When you read it yourself, they take it cool. But when pastor comes to say, you foolish Galatians, say, what did he attend? God expects us to live our lives in a certain way. Amen. All of us here, including the pastor, God expects us that after you become born again, we will be in a certain way. And he says that so that, he said, look, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that though they malign you as evildoers, they may see your honorable deeds and glorify God when he comes to judge. So some of you, people look at your deeds and they cannot tell whether you are born again or you are not born again. Some of you, people look at your deeds and they have pledged themselves that they will never be born again. Some of you, because of you, some people will never come to this church. Hey! Of course, I'm sorry. Amen. So, we want to look at some of these things so that we will learn from them and our lives will be different. We will become honorable. We will do honorable things and through us, many souls will be saved. Say amen. So, last week, we spoke about what? Last week, what did we talk about? Last week, we spoke about daily intake of the word. Daily intake. That when you wake up, make time and study God's word. 
Read the Bible. Use a daily guide. There are, there are a number of them. Get some and read. Read the Bible. Discipline yourself. Every day, take in the word. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about the second thing. I want to talk about prayer. Consistency in prayer must be part of your lifestyle. Consistency in prayer must be part of your lifestyle. In the kingdom of God and in this family, we are, we are, we are entreated to communicate with our heavenly father almost all the time. As long as there is breath in you, you are expected to talk to God through prayer. It is unacceptable for you to go through a day without talking to God. It is unacceptable. I believe that one of the reasons why those who serve idols, they have to go and wake the idols up in the morning. is because among them is human beings. They won't go and see the idols. So every day when you wake up, you have to go and wake up. You have to go and see the, is the idol there. Then you do some tickling, tickling, tickling. tickling so the idol will be added. They say, yeah, the idol day. Every day of your life, you must talk to God. In the book of Luke chapter 18, verse 1 downwards, the Bible says that Jesus shared a parable. Uh, you know, Jesus shared a number of parables. And most of the time, his parables were about the kingdom of God. Jesus shared a number. He shared the parable of the prodigal son. Do you remember? He shared the parable of, of, of the sower, the parable of the wheats, uh, a number of parables, especially in the book of Matthew chapter 13, you will see a number of parables that Jesus shared. But in this particular parable, the Bible says that Jesus shared a parable to the effect that men ought always to pray and not lose heart or faith. And so, Jesus shares a parable, and this time around, the parable is not about the kingdom of God, but the parable is about the fact that those that are in this kingdom must learn, they must cultivate the attitude, the lifestyle of talking to our Father who is in heaven on daily basis. And what was the parable about? Jesus said that there was this wicked judge and a widow. And the widow wanted Jesus, uh, the, the judge to give him judge, to give a judgment on an issue. And the judge, Jesus describes the judge as a wicked judge. And he said the judge will not listen. And this woman kept going to the judge, kept going to the judge, kept going to the judge, until finally one day the judge heard her and said, this woman, if I don't sort her out, she will worry me. And answered, and answered her. And Moses says that this is how Jesus spoke to the disciples about prayer. That you must always pray like this widow and not give up. Amen. You must always pray. Every day of your life, you must pray. Whether you are bathing, whether you are, you are in bed, whether you, you are in your... I have told you how I was writing exams. I was always school fees. I am talking about university. I was always school fees. And they were sucking 
people from the exams hall who were owing fees. Me too, I was in the exams hall. I had not paid the fees. And they were sucking, they were sucking. They were coming, they were coming, they were sucking, they were coming. Then when they got to the one just behind me, look, I was writing exams, but I was praying in tongues. I am telling you, I was praying in tongues. Thank God, I cannot be sacked. Me and school in Mankobi, exams and metro. I didn't have time. If you fail me, trouble come. God, I cannot fail these exams. I can't. I was blessed. God, let this cup pass over me. God, have mercy. God, stop here. God. <laughs> hey. I was praying. I was praying. I was praying. I was writing this episode. I was writing this Like Hannah. You would think that I am drunk. My thoughts were distorted. Then, the lady who was sucking the fish, she was sucking. When she comes, she was holding a list of people who were owing fees with their index numbers. So, when she gets to you, she will just take your card, your ID card, look on her list. If your name is not there, then she will move on. You don't have to talk. You don't, that's why you don't have to talk. Just write your exams. Once she gets to you, put your card on your desk. Once she gets to you, she will take your card, check it on her, her list. If your name is not on the list, she will put your card down and move. If your name is on the list, she will take the paper and the answer sheet from you and wave you bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I was praying that I will not be sacked. I will not be sacked. I cannot be sacked. The lady was sacking people. Huh? And then she got to the desk behind me. And just as she got there and she was checking, somewhere, somehow, somebody called her. So she left and went to the person. I said, today, not today. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know whether she returned or not because me, I finished the paper and I left the hall. <laughs> yeah, I finished the paper and I left the hall. The moment they called her and I heard, yes, I said, oh God, prayer answered. Then I heard her footsteps. I said, oh, she's gone. Now, and you know, such papers, we don't want to score everything. We just want to get the uh, pass mark and get out. So, I believe I was the first person who, who completed, who finished that paper that day. Yeah! Because what was chasing me, only God knows. I finished quickly. And I went to Hanover. I'm sure everybody was looking at me. So, who knew the image? I have written the paper. I have submitted the paper. Amen. Listen, prayer is very important if you want to survive in this kingdom. You must learn how to pray. Now, what is prayer? Prayer basically is a communication between us and God. Amen. Prayer 
is a communication between us and God. And if you want to do well in this life, you must learn how to pray. There are four reasons why we must pray. Number one. Four reasons why we must pray. Number one. We must pray because God invites us to pray. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. And then 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. Devote yourselves to prayer. And this is God, the word of the Lord. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. So we ought to pray because God invites us to pray. First Thessalonians 5.17, 1 Timothy 2, verse 8. Number 2. We pray because Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, our Redeemer, our Lord, spent time in prayer. We pray because Jesus spent time in prayer. Hebrews chapter 5, the verse 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries. This is Jesus. He says, in the days of his flesh, when Jesus was in the flesh, the Bible says that Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries. In other words, when you should see Jesus praying, you hear, Hayabakade, in the name of Jesus was crying loudly. Praying. So when you see people praying and they are shouting, don't give them names. Amen? When you don't understand something, don't criticize. Are you in church? Yeah. I, 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 I have this thing, there's this thing about me. I don't criticize the way people pray. If, even if your tongue is fake, I'm fine with it. Am I the one, the one you are praying to? I will teach you the right thing. But I, it is not in my place to decide whose tongue is, is, is original and whose tongue is fake. Since, since when did God give us that mandate? Amen. The Bible says that in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. With what? Loud. This is Jesus. So Jesus Christ. The one who died and resurrected. The son of the living God. The Messiah. The one who is coming back to judge the world. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. Wow. And he was heard 
Because of what? His reverence and submission. Jesus prayed. You cannot be a follower of Jesus and not pray. Every follower of Jesus must have the lifestyle of prayer. The reason is that what Jesus did, you must do. And can I tell you what? Jesus did not need prayer. He did it to teach us. Jesus was on earth. Bible recognized the fact that he was fully God and he was fully man. One time, somebody was brought in. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. He said, your sins are forgiven. I've forgiven your sins. This is the one who had the authority to forgive sins. And yet, the Bible says that Jesus, passed in the flesh, he prayed. How can you say that because you have Jesus in your life, you won't pray? How can you say that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you so you won't pray? Tell your neighbor, learn how to pray. Because Jesus prayed. The Bible says that he, 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 he offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears. So in other words, sometimes when Jesus is praying, tears could come. And you mean I make how? Haven't you read that and Jesus wept? Or have you not read that one in your Bible? When he went to the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus was shocked. He wept. This is my Jesus. Bible says that he prayed amidst tears sometimes, loud voice. And he prayed to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. I want to encourage you that one of the ways by which you can survive the challenges of this life is to pray. Pray! Because Jesus prayed. Number three. The, the third reason why we must pray is because the early followers of Jesus Christ also prayed. Because they saw their master pray. So they also prayed. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says that all these were constantly devoting themselves to what? To prayer. Together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brother. But they were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. Constantly they were praying. So, God invites us to pray. Jesus himself prayed. The early disciples prayed. And the fourth one is that the apostle Paul also prayed. Acts chapter 9 verse 10 to 11. Acts chapter 16 verse 25. Acts chapter 21 
verse 5. Now somebody will say, why did I separate Apostle Paul from the early followers of Jesus Christ? The answer is very simple. Number one, the Apostle Paul did not personally walk with Jesus whilst he was in the flesh. Hello? The Apostle Paul, I can say, was just one of us. He did not walk with Jesus whilst Jesus was in the flesh. Are you here with me? Number two, over almost 70% of the New Testament is attributed to the Apostle Paul. This man who did not walk with Jesus. Over almost 70%, over 60% of the New Testament scriptures, all the scriptures we have, all the books in the New Testament, almost 70% of the books in the New Testament are attributed to the Apostle Paul. It means that it is either he personally wrote these books or people close to him wrote these books or people close to people who were close to him wrote these books. And so Apostle Paul certainly is somebody that we can single out and talk about. And the Bible says that this man who wrote almost 70% or who 70% of the New Testament is attributed to prayed. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. Verse 11. He said, the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Street and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At, his, uh, uh, at this moment, he's what? He's what? He's praying. I have told you that Saul, his name did not change to Paul. The only reason why we call him Paul is because he preached predominantly in Greek lands. And so Paul is the Greek word for Saul. So don't say that God changed his name. Anyway, I have spoken about this one already, so I won't talk about it. But the Bible says that Paul prayed. You are here. The one who wrote 70%, almost 70% of the Bible, the New Testament that you are reading, he prayed. He did not also walk with Jesus like you and I. You think that the one who wrote the New Testament does not know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding? <laughs> are you in church? Tell your neighbor, you better start praying and stop lazying about. Pray. Acts chapter 16 verse 25. Acts 21 verse 5. About midnight, Paul and Silas were what? They were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. It means that they were not praying silently. Tell your neighbor, master, pray, pray, pray. Pray. Listen. You must pray. You must pray because God invites us to pray. You must pray because Jesus prayed. You must pray because the early followers of Jesus Christ prayed. You must pray because the Apostle Paul who wrote or who almost 70% of the New Testament in your hands is attributed to also prayed. Now let me give you briefly 13 reasons why prayer is important. Then we'll close. 13 reasons why prayer is important. Number one. 
to defeat Satan. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 32. Prayer is important because through prayer, we defeat Satan. Amen. Luke 22, 31. Luke 22, 31. 3, 1. Number two. To save the sinner. Luke chapter 18, verse 13. We pray to save the sinner. Amen. But the task collector standing far off will not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. So we pray. Prayer is very important because it is through prayer that the sinner is saved. If you don't say the, the, the sinner's prayer, you don't get saved. Number three, prayer is important because through prayer, the backslider is restored. James chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. When somebody is backsliding, what we do for the person is to pray. Say the, verse 15, Luke chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. Say the prayer of faith will save the sick. But now, more than ever, the Luke chapter 5. Is it to heal the sick? Is that a point I gave? To heal the sick? The backslider. Okay. So Luke 5. Uh, James 5, sorry. Verse 15 to 16. James chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. James, James. We'll come to Luke. James chapter 5. Said, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be what? Will be forgiven. Anyone who has committed, when we pray, anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So we pray. When somebody is backsliding in the church, that's why we have a prayer department. We pray for you. Some of you, sometimes we see changes in you. As I saw in the but as I saw in the but the best people be ready. As I nancy we have a maca cra, as I nancy we no mon saka cra. As I nancy enthrall chapa. We pray for you. It is through prayer that those who have backslidden or are backsliding are restored. Are you in church? It is through prayer. It is through prayer. Number four, prayer is important because it strengthens the believer. Jude chapter 20. Jude 20. Jude is only one chapter. So Jude 20. Prayer strengthens the believer. Jude. Jude. Prayer strengthens the believer. The next point. It is through prayer that laborers are raised for the work of the ministry. Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. Acts chapter 3, verse 23. It is through prayer that laborers, church workers are raised through prayer. Pastors are raised through prayer. So you notice that 
even after the demise of Judas, for, for Matthias to be appointed or elected to replace Judas, the elders of the church needed to pray. Amen. So it is through prayer that laborers, church workers, pastors are raised. Next point. Prayer is important because through prayer the sick is healed. James chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. It is through prayer that the sick is healed. Next point. Through prayer, the name of the Lord is glorified. Revelations 5, 8. Revelations 8, 3 to 4. The next point. Through prayer, we accomplish the impossible. And I love this one. Through prayer, we accomplish the impossible. Matthew 21, 22. Matthew 21, verse 22. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. James chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. But let's do Matthew 21, 22. Whatever you ask for in prayer with faith, you will receive. Amen? So, through prayer, the impossible becomes possible. Through prayer, you can move your life from an ordinary life to an extraordinary life. Through prayer, the barren shall conceive. Through prayer, you will get employment. Through prayer, you can start a business and the business will succeed. Through prayer, we achieve the impossible. So if there is any form of impossibility in your life, Ben, you can overcome it by prayer. That is why you must not joke with prayer. Anything that has become a stumbling block in your life, you can deal with it by prayer. Oh, yes. Lazarus was dead. The man had been buried. All hope was lost. In fact, when Jesus arrived, his sister said to him that if you had come earlier, your friend whom you loved wouldn't have died. Are you here? That was an impossible situation. How on earth could such a situation be reversed? Prayer. Jesus went to the tomb and called him and he came out. Bible says at a point in time, the apostle Paul was preaching and some people carried a sick person and because they could not reach him, they dropped the man through the roof. Interesting. Another time, the apostle Paul was preaching. Somebody was sitting at the window side 
and he was dozing off. He fell down and died. Oh, you've not read that one? Yes. The apostle Paul went prayed for him. The guy came back to life and continued to preach. We can do the impossible by prayer. I'm telling you, we can do the impossible by prayer. By prayer. So anything that has become a stumbling block, as if it cannot live your life, listen to me, it can live your life only by prayer. Jesus himself put it this way. He said, this kind goeth not except by fasting and prayer. So there are certain kinds in our lives that will not go except we cultivate the habit of prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. And let me tell you this. The fact that you are born again doesn't mean that everything will be smooth. That is why we pray. I said that is why we pray. That is why we must hear your voice in your neighborhood screaming unto God. The Father this matter, if you don't come through, I will not leave you. Like Jacob, wrestle with God through prayer. I said through prayer. You may be coming from a poor home. By prayer, you can change that story. I am telling you. I am telling you. They can tell you that as for you, you are not intelligent. No problem. By prayer. I said by prayer. I said by prayer. There is a reason why we started prayer buffet. <laughs> it is because by prayer, the impossible becomes possible. But the point I'm making is that prayer can make the impossible possible. And I'm saying this to encourage you to be prayerful. Listen to me. Be prayerful. You have to be prayerful. You have to pray like your head no day. There is something I told Pastor Dan. I said, when I sit in my car like that and I put my aces on and I'm alone, the tongues, me blast this Me blast this I'm sure sometimes when I'm in the traffic, people can be looking at me strangely. So, uh, is he okay? Because sometimes they will come and stand at the window trying to knock. And do. Well, I'll look at them so. <laughs> Pray. Amen. Cultivate the habit of prayer. Listen, there are so many things that are not going on in your life and you have left them like that. But that shouldn't be. Amen. I said that shouldn't be. If you are sick, don't leave the sickness like that. Deal with it in prayer. Don't say, say Pastor Mabohu Paisa. So what do you want to do? You want to die? Deal with it. You have been having consistent disappointment. Don't say, as for me, dear, all the time, disappointment, all the time. No! Rise up in prayer and speak to that spirit of disappointment 
and say, I cast you out of my life. Pray. Do you know what is written in Matthew 18, 18? Huh? Matthew 18, 18. Do you know what is there? Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound. Where? Where? So, if you bind the sickness, remember that the sickness is here with you on earth. Huh? If you bind it here on earth, Bible says that heaven will bind it for you. It means that until you bind the thing, heaven will be looking at you like watching football on DSTV. Amen. He said, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatsoever, whatever you lose on earth will be loosed. In other words, whatever you permit here on earth, heaven will permit it. So pray, pray, pray. If you are poor, pray. You are rich, pray. You are healthy, pray. You are sick, pray. You have children, pray. You don't have children, pray. You are not married, pray. You are married, pray. You are born again, pray. Pray. Make prayer part of your life. Amen. Make prayer. And don't say that, what's for me? I want to pray uh, uh, two hours while I'm waiting. When I, I, I get a kappa, when will you get a kappa? Start with five minutes. Amen. Start with ten minutes. And, and keep growing in it. Before you realize now you are doing ten minutes. You are doing fifteen minutes. You are doing twenty minutes. Before you realize you are doing one. Now when I pray for one hour, I feel like I have not prayed. Yeah, when I pray thirty minutes, I feel light. Amen. Pray, pray. Pray, it will give you results. I'm telling you, pray. And listen to me, you never give up when it comes to prayer. And anytime you are praying, remember that you are not praying to a man. You are praying to God. Men may not even understand what you are saying. Men may even criticize you. Men may even condemn your style of prayer or praying. That is just men. You see, Hannah is, it, Hannah is the mother of Samuel. Hannah was praying. And the priest thought that the woman was drunk. Why? Because Bible says that it was just her lips that were moving. The priest couldn't hear. And the priest, what, what manner of prayer is this? What your pastor is used to is not the only form of prayer. Prayer, you are talking to God. Talk to him. Amen. Even when we come to church and we are praying, sometimes we can say, I want to hear your voice. If you don't want your voice to be heard, feel free, pray. The style is not the matter. The matter is the consistency in what you do. Pray. The number of hours you pray is not the issue. The issue is the consistency. How consistent are you when it comes to prayer? Because until you cultivate the lifestyle and the habit of prayer, the devil will continue to reign in your life. Even though you are born again. 
The Bible says that Peter was walking with Jesus. Yet Jesus said that the devil sought to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. <laughs> the guy was with Jesus. So, and I'm not talking about the spiritual Jesus you are following. I'm talking about Ghani Ghani. The guy was with Jesus. And yet the devil didn't give up. He said, I don't care whether you are with Jesus or not. He was trying to make an attempt on Peter, but Jesus said, but I prayed for you. If you don't pray, the devil will come after you. Are you here? I said, if you don't pray, the devil will do what? He will come after you. He will come. I'm not telling you, I'm telling you the truth. He will come after you. He will come after your marriage. He will come after your mind. He will come after your health. He will come after your finance. He will come after your children. He will come after your business. He will come after your career. If you don't pray, the devil will come after you. So pray. Are you here? Pray. Pray. Some of you by now, you must have people you pray with. Yeah, you must have people you pray with. It, is, it shouldn't always be about gossiping. It shouldn't always be about pray. Amen. Pray. The next point, we pray for God's blessings. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. And then the next point, we pray for the impartation of wisdom. And I like that one, James 1, 5. We pray for the impartation of wisdom. We pray that you will be imparted with wisdom. You will be imparted. James 1, 5. We pray that you will be imparted with wisdom. Amen. You will be imparted. He said, if, if, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. So, so, you must pray that you'll be impacted with wisdom. The next point. You pray for peace in your life. Philippians 4, 5 to 7. You pray that God will give you peace. God will give you peace. Some of us, you've never had peace in your life before. All the time, it is either one trouble or the other. All the time, one trouble or the other. All the time, one problem or the other. When you pray, you have peace. It doesn't mean that the, the, the troubles will not come, but in the midst of the trouble, God will give you peace. You will not be troubled. You will not lose your mind. Do you know why other people lose their minds when they go through certain challenges? Because they go through the challenges without God. Because when you are going through a challenge with God, he knows how to sustain you and give you peace. Even in the midst of the challenge. Even in the midst of the challenge, he will give you peace. So, what will cause other people to lose their minds? You will go through the same thing as if nothing has happened to you. Pray. Tell your neighbor, pray. 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 When you pray, God is able to give you peace. The next point. Prayer is important because 
It will keep us from sin. Matthew 26, verse 41. Matthew 26, verse 41. Have you noticed that any time you are consistent in prayer, you shy away from sin? Hello, look at me. Any time you are consistent in prayer, you, some way, somehow, you are conscious of the presence of God in your life. Why? Because prayer brings God into your life. It brings God into the domain of man. It brings God into the realm of man. So as you engage God consistently, you shy away from sin. Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. When you don't pray, you will fall into sin. A lot of people fall into sin, not because they want to, but because the flesh is weak. Are you here? Prayer keeps your spirit alive and saves you from sin. So it is important that we pray. And listen, it is a lifestyle in this kingdom. In the kingdom of God, prayer must be your lifestyle. People must know you as a man or a woman of prayer. In our days, one way by which we know people who are born again and are on fire for God is prayer and evangelism. Period. Where we became born again. Brother, it's not just coming to church. Because you, we, we didn't have the luxury of not attending church service. No, 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 no. You are born again. You really have the luxury of not attending church service. Obaya. But what we were concerned about in those days was prayer and evangelism. Those were the days. When we hear your voice, we can tell whether you are praying or not. We can hear you say, Master, now it looks like you are not praying. Yeah. Yeah. We can hear your voice and say, Ben, it looks like nowadays you are not praying. Oh, watch on. No. And not because somebody told us. Because our voices became some way. Yeah. When you hear a prayerful man's voice, you can tell. One day somebody called me. I think last week or last two weeks. Say, Reverend, I hear prayer in your voice. Hear prayer in your voice. When people call you, what do they hear in your voice? They hear lust in your voice. They hear worldly talks in your voice. But I'm praying for you that from today, when people call you, they will hear prayer. They will hear prayer. Let me give you the last one, then we'll close. Thank you for your patience. Prayer is important because it reveals the will of God to us. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 10. It is through prayer that the will of God is revealed. Amen. You can never know 
the will of God for your life in full. But through prayer, it is revealed to you in bits. Amen. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Verse 10. For everyone who asks receives. And everyone who searches, do you understand? Everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And so the will of God is revealed to you as you engage God consistently in prayer. Doors are open unto you in the will of God as you engage God in prayer. I can tell you on authority that most of the time, certain things do not work in our lives because we don't pray as we ought to pray. We don't pray. So this morning, my encouragement to you is that pray. If you are pregnant, pray. Your wife is pregnant, pray. If you have children, pray. You don't have children, pray. If you are married, you are not married. If you have money, you are broke. If you have a job, you are jobless. If you are healthy, if you are sick, at all times and in all things, pray. Pray at all times. And pray without ceasing. Amen. God expects us to be consistent in prayer. And you see, if you don't pray, your, your spirit will be weak. And most of the people the enemy attacks easily are people whose spirits are weak. If your spirit is weak, he will attack you easily. And you know, when the enemy is able to overcome you in the realm of the spirit, some of you, there hasn't been a dream, you have never had a dream eh, that you were victorious before. Every dream, <laughs> every dream, you'll be defeated. It's a sign. I'm telling you, it's a sign. It's a sign that your spirit is weak. I've been saying something jokingly, and you think it's a joke. I said, when you meet me in my dream and you beat me, I will sleep again, close my eyes, invite you, I will beat you, and I will wake up. <laughs> we will force our spirits to be awake and alive. Amen. So this morning, I'm calling you to prayer. I'm not just talking about corporate prayer. I'm talking about personal prayer. That on your own, make time and talk to God. That situation in your life, you have told everybody about it except God. Why? You have told everybody about your situation. Your sickness, you have told everybody about your sickness. Your school fees, you have told everybody about your school fees. What about God? Have you spoken to God? Have you told God about it? Your job. Everybody is aware because you think that it is men who will help you. 
Can I tell you what? Except the Lord build the house. Connections will fail. Amen. So, this morning, I am calling all of us to prayer. That in the kingdom of God, prayer is a lifestyle. And a lifestyle is something that is part of you. It is something you do without, you, you do it unconsciously. Amen. A lifestyle is something you do what? You do unconsciously. Just say, and that is how prayer is supposed to be in our lives. You should be praying without even knowing that you are praying. Yeah. It's that prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer can change any situation. Prayer brings into your life the presence of God. And prayer is a game changer. Pray. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to Reverend Jerry Payne. For more information about our ministry, kindly visit our website at www.disciplenationschurch.org or call us on 0244-733-659. Locate the workplace of Disciple Nations Church at Sotoko Official Town Market near the Bonnie Bend Building or Sadiba Electronics in Accra. God bless you.